Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So recently, one of my best keynote clients asked me the question. They said, who do you know that does YouTube and video? And I said, easy question, easy answer, Sean and that's who you're about to meet. Sean Cannell is one of, is, he's a best-selling author as well. But man, he is YouTube. He is all things video. He is an international speaker. He's built a seven-figure business. Uh, his videos have been viewed over 100 million times, which I think is incredible. His YouTube channels have over 1 million subscribers. Forbes listed him as one of the uh, 20 must-watch YouTube channels that will change your business. And him and his team, I mean, they produce some of the best content ever. And they're just on this mission to help 10,000 people, you know, do what they love. And um, so he gives amazing advice and just had a baby with his wife, Sonia, which is exciting. And brother, thanks for carving out some time for us. Yeah, Rory, I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, I guess the other thing was you and I shared the stage also at Shalene Johnson's event. That was the first time that I was introduced to you. And then again, at Social Media Marketing World, just shortly thereafter. And now, you know, this other client that we won't be there at the same time, but I hope, hopefully they'll book you. And um, I have to say, man, the more that we've done these interviews, I have just become so convicted on YouTube. And there, I have missed the boat my entire career. I don't know how, but I have somehow just completely missed what it is. And you know, so can you just kind of talk about like, obviously everyone listening is personal brands. How do you view YouTube in the landscape of everything going on with a personal brand? Like all the other social, you know, social media outlets, website, blog, like podcasting. How do you think of YouTube? You know, I think, of course, from my perspective, but I'll back it up. I mean, I think YouTube is, is the most important place to build your personal brand. It's the number one video site in the world by far, far and away. You know, Amazon bought amazontube.com and the URL and people thought, okay, what are they going to do? And even if they do something, they don't have the content library. Of course, there's Twitch and that's kind of gaming and live streaming. There's other things. But even if a competitor was to start, it's going to be so difficult for them to build the backlog of YouTube, let alone the technological infrastructure of distribution to mobile around the world, over 2 billion monthly active users, the best feature set. Um, and 
it's free. So I think it's irresponsible for any serious personal brand, serious online entrepreneur, business owner, anybody that wants to share their thoughts, their wisdom, their message with the world to not be on YouTube. I am empathetic because I understand that what with YouTube, it's kind of like maybe the hurdle of content creation, podcast, you know, audio. It's its own challenge for sure, but it's, it's a little bit simpler. Um, I think some of the other social media platforms also give you more of kind of that quicker dopamine hit. You're able to yeah. like post on Instagram today or even write an article on LinkedIn or a medium post um, and you get it done and you didn't have to like pull out your suit jacket, take a shower, do your hair that day, <laughs> set your mic up, plan the content, figure out how you're going to edit it. I think there's a level of that complexity, but that keeps a lot of people, if you will, out of the game um, that are missing out on the opportunity that if you can create a simple system to create what we would encourage one significant upload per week on YouTube, um, it can have massive dividends. And I think the other thing about YouTube is it doesn't give you as much immediate gratification like uh, TikTok does right now, or even some of the other platforms, you get a comment, you get a like, you upload yeah. a YouTube video, you got zero views. You know, a week later, you got 10 views, but you're like, well, that's how many my IGTV got, but that was a lot easier to create. And the YouTube video took more energy. But the thing with YouTube is it's like a fine wine. It gets better with age. It's a content library. It's not a content feed. You build up your thought leadership there, a mm. body of work there. And over time, you can create so much passive momentum, passive traffic. And I think the last example of, that I think is important to note is there's a reason why some of the most influential online entrepreneurs and personal brands really invest a lot in YouTube, whether it's a Brennan Burchard, a Grant Cardone, a Gary Vaynerchuk, a Billy Jean, uh, whether it's a... Um, you know, a Marie Forleo, uh, whether it's, of course, a lot of the YouTube influence, Jay Shetty. You think about these different people, Lewis House, why are they investing also on YouTube, even if they're doing podcasts as well or other things? Because YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world. There's so many people there. It, it is, it's the town square of online video. And we are allowed to have our own shows. Um, I'll land the plane with this final analogy. What, what would it have been worth to buy? I looked it up. A, a piece of land in Manhattan, in New York, um, you can get a little lot that's an empty lot so you could build on it. I looked it up just the other day. You know, real estate prices are going up. Maybe they're going down, depends on the pandemic. Uh, but it was only $17,900,000 to get that piece of real estate. And actually, Rory, you can, we can connect later because I got my license. So I'm happy to flip that to you if you want. Sure. I wish. Um, and, and so, but what would that piece of real estate have costed 10 years ago, 20 years ago, especially 50 years ago? Nobody knows the future, but YouTube is such a dominant platform of where online video happens, where so much education and entertainment is consumed, where so many people are planting their flag. I think a lot of people are going to regret not investing in YouTube even now. And here, and we're actually put it, we put an offer on a house today. The, the Vegas is a boom and bust market. We just need someplace to live. We didn't really want to buy, but we got to live somewhere. And like, we don't really want to, so we're timing some things. Here's the deal. It's just continued to go up and up and up and up. And I looked at, I'm like, it's going to probably drop. No, it keeps going up. And mm. so I would rather get in today. It's not too late to get into YouTube. I'd rather get in today because even if it, you know, dips a little, like if you play it out, it is where you want to really establish your uh, voice as a personal brand, in my opinion. So the the concept of getting in today, so just to talk about that, because it's I think it's a little bit overwhelming when you see exactly what you said, where it's like you don't get the immediate gratification 
Uh, I'm rebuilding my YouTube channel. You know, it's taken a year to get to like 400 subscribers. I mean, it's just like six, or six, six months. It's been like six months we've been doing it. Um, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just getting killed. Like, you know, putting energy into it. How do you get over that mental block of like, I'm too late to the game. You know, that it, it's, it's not worth it. I should be spending my time somewhere else because I can get more traffic you know, quicker, anything around how you think about that? Is it just what you're saying? It's just that long-term No, I think it's two things. I think it's mindset and systems and we'll go systems first. I think the system is to just create a simple system to be consistent on YouTube, even if you start really simple. Let me ask you, will this episode go on YouTube? Yeah, it will. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you've already, this is what, this is not I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want to belittle the process, but this is not that challenging. Like we're on right. Zoom right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're recording this interview. So, so I only have 400 subscribers. Yeah. But like also the show format, you're doing a video podcast and that's 400 subscribers. It's like, it's, if you can get this systematized and especially for those that are scaling out with a team, a virtual assistant, you just get a simple workflow going. By the way, I recommend everybody listening. Here's the model a weekly video podcast. And if Mm -hmm. you are podcasting, especially during the pandemic, mostly just like this over Zoom or something like StreamYard or something else, like just flip the webcam on and they have your guests flip the webcam on as well. That's like the minimum viable product, I think, to get started with YouTube. Then you're able to promise a weekly show. You're able to leverage YouTube for the SEO properties. And if Amazon, if Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play is giving you more love, that's just bonus on YouTube. And that becomes a foundational thing to get the algorithm seasoned. And then here's your opportunity. Two things can happen. If you were to layer the next strategy on top of that, the next strategy would be, well, this is 30 minutes, this is 45 minutes, is you do what Joe Rogan does, you cut out the three minutes or the five minutes that has more of a chance when we really touch on that that hot button topic, that pull, because that's the kind of stuff that gets clicked on. That's why JRE clips, the Joe Rogan Clips channel. Uh, All the video podcasters that are smart do this. They cut out the clips to go viral, to get awareness, to get more love, because a lot of people that don't know you yet aren't going to click on longer form content like this. And Mm. so that's one way to evolve. And then the next one is not even necessarily weekly, but when you have the bandwidth, when you invest the time, you study some of my work and you then actually create native YouTube videos, shorter, that are meant to like pull, push all of YouTube's buttons to blow up your awareness. So then, because you're always one video away from changing your whole life and business with YouTube. You put out the right mm. video at the right time with the right title, with the right thumbnail, with the right, and again, maybe you don't keep following up with that, but then they go, oh, at least Rory's got a weekly show. So all of a sudden you go from four to 400 to 4,000 because of consistency and because of having some smart systems, because of potentially planning team and energy around when it is you're going to evolve into that. But in the meantime, hey, in a year it's 800. In another year it's 1600. And YouTube does grow like a snowball, even if it is slow and steady, potentially with minimal effort, just with the uh, videos you're uploading here. So that systems, the mindset is simply that, is really looking at it uh, for the long haul, recognizing that you got to level up with kind of the copywriting, the headline, really good recommended book, Brendan Kane, Hook Point. How do you write hooks? How do you grab people's attention in a three-second world? Those skill sets matter so much on YouTube, but you don't want to get overwhelmed. Again, even if you put out Sean Cannell was, you know, you're already amazing at that. But if you just guess, Sean, like it's not the best title in the world, but you show up every week 
and keep leveling up, then a year and a half from now, everything changes and you've got a backlog and consistency for people that are like, man, now I want to go deep with this guy because there was a short form smart content that eventually kind of went viral. And in your case, my case as well, virals 10k views you know it's 25k it's 100k when you're normally only getting 50 to 100 and that's so much more common when you just stick with it and you know i just got to pull this one on you then the mindset side is you got to take the stairs (laughs) stairs on Uh youtube because there's that moment when when putting in the work pays off and so uh, that's what i'd recommend yeah, well, I, I mean, I love the, I love the idea of, of your one video away from changing your life. I mean, my TED Talk is an example of that, right? It's like, even though it's not on my channel, I wish it was, but it's like 4 million views later, I don't do any, I don't have to do any other marketing for speaking. It's like people just email in, hey, will you come do your TED Talk? People hire me to do a 25-minute version of the 18 minute TED talk that's available for free. Um, but it's, I mean, so I, I love that. And this is part of why I've bought into YouTube finally is what you were talking about, about how it gets better, like a fine wine. All the other social platforms, it's like the, the longer it's been around, the less valuable the content is. YouTube is the opposite, just like Google, because they're the same. So, you know, you mentioned the SEO part of the video. Are there some basic things like you're saying, okay, yeah, just throw up some video content. That's you know, basically what we've been doing. We're just now starting to, you know, so we put these on Brand Builder's channel and then I do a weekly video blog on uh, RoryVaden.com, uh, which is, is the, you know, we're just starting to like put more into that. Are there some basic things because of the relationship between Google and YouTube and how SEO works that we need to know in terms of like, don't don't miss this, right? Like if you're not going to take an hour to optimize every video, but if there's two things you're going to do when you post a video, my gosh, like don't forget to do this on YouTube specifically that makes it, you know, more findable. Absolutely. So there's going to be two priorities, especially going into this next year that are critical for winning on YouTube. I'm going to share the lesser priority first, but it should be a given. It's kind of like you, you like shouldn't even have to mention the fundamentals because we should all assume you need to do the fundamentals, but it's not the, the needle mover. But let's address those first. YouTube, like Google, needs to be optimized like a great blog post. Your title should be attention grabbing and keyword rich still. And a keyword is what search term are you going after? You know, what pain point are you solving? We teach ASQ, answer specific questions. Just answer a specific question. And when I say answer specific questions, sometimes people think like uh, a question like, uh, what is personal branding? Well, like that one's probably been, uh, been touched on. Here's one of my favorite strategies. It'd be like, how to upload a LinkedIn profile. That was a deep strategy, by the way, because when you answer like something super specific like that, if someone's on LinkedIn, they want to build their personal brand. Maybe that question's not even answered well. The app was just updated. All of a sudden, those are the types of videos that have a quarter million views that are really practical and utility. And then you like, and you're like, and by the way, you know, I also help people with, with building their personal brands. And that's why your other maybe more personal development, softer topics actually get discovered because you get noticed because you teach people how to install a WordPress plugin. So there's something about answering specific questions and Mm -hmm. priority number two, yes, the title, yes, 
the description should be filled out. Like with enough words, like a good blog post, keywords, the tags, YouTube has let us know these things carry less weight, but that is what's called metadata and it's important. You just don't want to cut corners there, especially when you're just starting your YouTube channel. YouTube really doesn't know what your video is about, so you're giving it metadata and that means you've architected the content to be actually tackling something very specific. Um, and then of course the thumbnail, because that's what's going to be what people click on or not. And so it's like title, thumbnail, uh, tags, um, description, and then the topic itself. That's really the needle mover because if you're not talking about the right things at the right time, especially let's say you were to talk about news, like there's, this is what we'd call trend surfing. It's a good strategy. And that would be like, um, related to personal branding, you put, you extrapolate some principles out of pop culture and you commentate on somebody. They don't know you, but they know something that's happening in pop like culture. Like the election. We talked like, about how we sure. didn't do it, but it was like, we recognized, we totally you could have. have. Personal yeah. branding mistakes from it and whatnot. And it brings awareness. So that's actually a topic thing. That's actually the content strategy. But all of that I would cluster under important, but the lesser priority the way to optimize your content going into this next year is the content itself. And what I mean is here's how YouTube ranks videos now, AVD and CTR. Oh, say those in reverse, CTR, click-through rate. And then the second one's average view duration. So almost all the other stuff is so much lesser important than does someone click on it? And what would determine if someone clicks on it? Well, a great title that kind of like opens up a loop and curiosity, a thumbnail that's also great and gets attention, but the topic's almost more important because you might see it. You're like, that's the best thumbnail I've ever seen. Well, I've never seen such a, Mark Twain couldn't have written and as po Shakespeare couldn't have written a title as good as this. Well, it doesn't matter if they're not actually interested in the content. So your choice of topic, knowing and understanding your audience's problems and ambitions, their mindset, what keeps them up at night, what would actually get them to stop scrolling because that's what they want to learn about. That's what they want to hear about. What gets you to click? You actually have to get the click. But getting the click is not enough. They call it click bait. Wow, you got the click, but you tricked me. I don't want to watch. So AVD, average view duration, aka watch time, Right. Another way of putting it is just how long do people spend on the video? So then once you start the video, it's actually the architecture of the content. So I would challenge you. I watched some of your stuff. This probably maybe a long time ago. Maybe you still do this. In this next year, quality over quantity matters. And mm. it's quick to be able to set your phone up and maybe just record real time for seven, uh, five to seven minutes or 13 minutes on a topic. People who know you will endure that. But there's so many people that are just putting more effort into at least editing out the breaks, editing out ums, structuring their content, putting something powerful in the beginning. I'm not saying it needs fancy production value, but you've really optimized that content to hold viewer attention. You're really thinking about creating open loops if possible to have people go. You're even more so if you teach and you can have visuals, even if you do like kind of a webinar style and you share some things, you bring people from point A, B, C, D in the video. If you can hit an average view duration of eight minutes and a click-through rate of over 10%, which your YouTube analytics will show you, YouTube will keep showing your video to more and more and more and more and more audiences through suggested What was the click-through rate you said? 10% or higher, 10, 20, okay. 30, and it's crazy over eight minutes because if YouTube sees, so if you, a couple metrics, and these are all taken with a grain of salt, but some good targets, a good target length of a video is 15 minutes. A good chance mm -hmm. of a great 15 minute video will have an average view duration of about half that around eight minutes. 
And if the topic has a wide enough reach that people click through it at 10%, meaning when YouTube shows and recommends it an impression, someone clicks through and then stays on it at that percentage, then that's what could potentially spread throughout the algorithm. And if you don't hit those numbers, but you raise those numbers, people dwell and watch your videos longer. And then people are clicking through on your videos more. Those priority number two, title, topic, covering a trend, all of that is very important. It's like just the fundamentals. But those are the levers, which how do you optimize those? The content itself. It's taken some time, practically editing. Like I don't care if you shoot your video on your phone, get it to an editor that can actually make it more interesting, more poppy, and like think about, about faster because everyone's rushed. You know, everyone wants, it makes me think, sometimes we'll do something like this that's, you know, 30 minutes. But a lot of times people on YouTube, if you, it took you 10 minutes to record the video on your phone, chances are a good editor could make that five and a half. And the mm-hmm. difference between that 10 minute, just like free flowing train of thought versus just edited down is everything on YouTube. You know, this isn't unlike English and there's the English teacher story who had the class um, write a paper on a topic and they had him write a six page paper. So he had him write the six page paper and uh, they were like, all right, so just choose a topic, six page paper. Then they turn it in and he turned it all in and then he handed it back to him and he said, look, I want you to cut this in half. And they were like, what? You want us to cut 50% of this paper? Then he said, yeah, I want you to cut it in half because I want it to be stronger, more punchy, better. And they were like, that's insane. There's no way. Okay, fine. So then they go to work and the class goes back to work, cuts their six page papers into three page papers. Then they turn them all in and then the teacher goes, awesome, great job. Hey, before actually we finish this out, I'm going to hand these back to you. I want you to cut these in half again. What? A page and a half? Are you kidding? Like from six, this is insane. He said, I want you to do it. And so then they cut it all the way down to a page and a half. Well, how strong was that content by the time it got down to a page and a half? It's what probably any great journalist would learn when they have to fit a, a, a complex thoughts into just an article in the New York Times. So how can you make your content half short and twice strong? That's sort of the idea of optimizing the content, grabbing attention, creating a story that has tension, a climax, conflict, resolution, and and holds attention. If you, I'm not saying that's easy, but that's like the, the key of YouTube right now. And to alleviate some pressure, just upload your weekly video podcast. And when you wanna take a shot at maybe editing something down more, or apply some of that editing to the clips channel, you go, man, during that conversation, we hit a point, that's strong. Let's, let's title that one point, let's title that, and let's make this three-minute clip, five-minute clip, seven-minute clip that just really directly delivers on that promise, let's do a good thumbnail. And for example, Joe Rogan does it all the time. Like, of course, celebrity meets topic, but like Elon Musk shares opinion on coronavirus. And you know, you're like, what? And you see it. And and of course you just click through. All they're doing is sitting there and talking, but it's delivering like one idea, one question, one answer, one video on sort of that. You got to click on it. You want to think about how you can do that for your own content. So if you're saying a target length of 15 minutes and you're trying to like cut it in half, does that mean you're recording like a 25 minute and then trying to edit it down to 15? I mean, that's interesting to hear you say 15 minutes and that's lo- that's long time, but you're saying that that kind of, I mean, I don't know if you would classify that as longer form content, but you know, like normally I aim for five to seven and they end up being more like eight or 10, which then if we chopped it down, it would be like five or six, but you're saying try to, that it's good to have videos up there that are longer than 15 minutes because the, the, the AVD is higher. 
Video should be as long as they need to be, but as short as possible. So if you're, your eight should be fours and your 30 should be 15s. And so, so I only put that out there because the average view duration of a 15 minute video, if it's great, will probably be eight minutes. And YouTube loves videos that cross that eight minute threshold. But there's no reason to try to inflate your content. Three's great, four's great. If you look at Think Media right now, our main channel, we spend a lot of time around six minutes, seven, but sometimes the content goes to 12 or 13. And, and it's usually for a reason. It doesn't mean it holds attention, but if we're, we're teaching somebody how to use a particular camera and walking them through all the settings, well, it takes 13 minutes to do that. My thought is if you take 26 minutes to do that, when it could have been 13, a competitor, let's say, teaching on the same ca camera, when you hold that viewer attention, that YouTube's going to love you more. Now, if both are pretty good and that person's personality is so great and they do it in 30 minutes, we do it in 15, but they end up with 18 minutes of watch time and we end up with like 12 minutes of watch time, YouTube wants time on platform. Of course, right. there's like nuances to the algorithm. Period, end of story. How can you hold viewers' attention longer? And so maybe the other way to attack this challenge is just definitely trim the fluff. Definitely think about dead spots. You know, I recently, let me give you one example of, of actually how we practically do this. I do a show called Coffee with Cannell. I live stream it. So I try to be pretty good as a communicator, but there, nobody can be as good as a video editor on top of a community. There's no way you could possibly, video editing's always gonna make it stronger even to the point where a lot of people trim out ums and some breaths or long pauses because YouTube just likes, people want that content. You know, there's a reason we probably listen to audiobooks and podcasts sometimes on 1.2 or 1.5 or 2x speed. YouTube saying, hey, just give it to me. And viewers are saying, just give it to me, you know, as fast as possible so I don't even have to turn it up to 2x speed. And so I do what's called Coffee with Cannell. I record the content and, and then because we now have two channels, I almost have like a channel where I experiment, it's called Think Marketing. And then I'll, I'll put the, the hottest parts on Think Media that are like worthy of, of taking off with great. So, I want to ask you about that, about the channels, okay? What's, where do you use the delineation between this should be its own channel versus like, uh, you know, you can, I think they're called categories, right? You can go, oh, I can have, I can just have several categories. You've used this example a couple of times. The long form content is over here, but then the short edited clips live on a different channel. Like, is it by length? Is it topic? Like, how do you determine, oh, I should move this to its own channel? Because then you're also kind of fragmenting the viewers, but 100%. they're getting a more focused experience. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I actually think it's something you shouldn't even worry about until you're, you get to 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like if you've got your main channel, you could upload your video podcast there and also your clips there and also your one-off videos there and also the seven-week vlog series when you're touring on the road because it's all just building up momentum around the one channel. For us, it was actually kind of creating two different brands. Think Media was sort of my strategy as well as tech reviews and camera reviews combined. And this is a really powerful YouTube tip that the channel suffered for, from is you never want to upload a video that the subscriber didn't subscribe for. That'll kill you on YouTube this year. You never want to upload a video that the subscribers didn't subscribe for. That's how the trend strategy could backfire. Because if people thought you were always going to be political, I mean, you should do it anyways, potentially, because you want the growth and the reach. But does it make sense? Like, I've learned this. If somebody is like, okay, Sean does camera reviews, and then I'm talking about social media strategy, they don't want to watch that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't do it. I'm suggesting that you should know the rules and then break them intentionally, intentionally and understand that it's like yeah. 
It, well, that's why, because they click subscribe because they want more camera reviews. So they don't click on your next video, which kills it in the algorithm. Like anybody that doesn't engage with your most recent upload and scrolls past it on any platform signals to YouTube, oh, we shouldn't show this to any more people. So the dream is to have a clear value proposition of your channel and continually deliver on that value proposition. It's almost like a target where you could, on a, the bullseye is great, those are your best performing videos, but you don't wanna like completely miss the dartboard. You don't wanna completely miss the dartboard. You know, like it's kind, like it's tied in if I go to the far outskirts here, but that's about as far away from my core promise, my core value proposition that I wanna go. So we just were really steering our channel, Think Media, really towards tech, uh, how to use cameras, how to use your light, what is the best light, Black Friday tech specials for creator gear. And then we started Think Marketing when we launched a video podcast. And our minimum effective dose was at least our weekly Tuesday video podcast show on Think Marketing. And then it also gave us, though, a chance to just experiment. So especially when the pandemic happened, we started a show called Coffee with Cannell because all my traveling got canceled and I started answering people's questions. Heather Torres on our team started the Think Marketing Live show. And they started to be like one hour, 90 minutes, even two hours. We'd bring people on and talk to them side by side on StreamYard and answer questions, just try to do community and try to build momentum. But what we now do is we teach for 15 to 30 minutes at the beginning. And sometimes that content can be really dialed and great. So to land the plane on the strategy, the other day I did it, it was 30 minutes long, about 28. And my editor, one of my editors did, a, did an edit of it. And I went back to him and I said, we got a half short twice strong, uh, twice, you know, I was like, I, I maybe like to hear myself talk, but like this whole story, that's not essential. Let's take that thing out. And four minutes was gone. It was kind of like, it didn't in, in help the content. And I was like, this part right here, I, I took 10 seconds or 25 seconds to click around because I was sharing my screen to show people. I'm like, you got to cut that down. And, and he's typically on top of it, but I was sort of like, you know, as maybe he's like, he just did a quick intro, outro, whatever. I'm like, bro, you need to like, this thing needs to be optimized because that's, that's the difference between it doing well, let's say with people who know you and trust you. Right. But as soon as you hit like a lull, and you know this because you're a master speaker and architect, you know it's like you've tried different things. You're like, okay, that story bombs. Like I lose the audience during that time. I right. lose the attention during that time. So masters of YouTube, which let me encourage you and everyone too, that if you can learn these types of skills, which I would argue is not an option, you have to learn how to master getting attention in a 2021 and beyond world. It's just the name mm -hmm. of the game. Janelle Elaine is a great example. She went from zero subscribers to 1.3 million in three weeks with three videos. Whoa. So you don't actually necessarily, it's not like, oh, if I didn't, if you put out the right video with the right title, with the right thumbnail, with the right uh, you know, tags and the whole deal, that's on the right topic and it's a good optimized video, YouTube, it can just blow you up overnight. And maybe the strategy becomes not being so stressed, like hope is not a strategy, just thinking that like Sean said, I'm gonna eventually hit it. But, but creating a system and having a mindset of taking the stairs, but leveling up those little tweaks, little by little, because you go, okay, when, once I feel it, once I hit my moment, and arguably, I like to encourage a lot of people, use your season in an obscurity to prepare you for popularity. Oftentimes people are not ready for a viral video. Mm. So if you're building a backlog of a catalog in a backlog and you're, you're dialing in your YouTube strategy, you'll be able to sustain it after you go viral and keep following up with, with a level, if you will. And again, viral could be 
a 33,000 viewed video that grows your channel 3,000 subscribers. Now you have that core audience that really changes everything for your topic, your niche, how you, how you help people. And so, I had Kyle edit that video down. So, we took a 28-minute video out of a really long live stream because I went into Q&A. Mm-hmm. And, and, and knocked about nine minutes off it. So, it went to about 18. It's still like a longer teaching. I wasn't, I'm not worried about the time, if you will. I, I was like, it has to be 15 or it has to be. It just has to all count as far as what's left in there. We got to trim the fat, trim the fluff. That was, I'm like, bro, I, I, I repeated myself and stumbled all over my words. That whole part was unnecessary. I agree. Yes, it was. And so then dialing that in and that might start with you as your own editor. It might start with you with the mindset as you're maybe coaching somebody else. Zero, very unlikely that you're just going to find somebody who just gets this unless you like connect them to our movement and we just will train them for you. But like, you know, you probably just keep coaching, keep tweaking. And those small tweaks eventually lead to giant peaks on YouTube. I like it. Sean Cannell, Cannell, I say it wrong every time. Cannell is how you actually say it, right? Sean Cannell rhymes with YouTube channel. Nice. That's, that's it. Sean Cannell. You guys check him out. I mean, I, we could go on and on. There is so much stuff. He's one of my favorite people to follow that I actually follow. Um, and uh, I learned a ton from him and his team. Really, really, really great stuff. I love this. I think, you know, use your season of obscurity to prepare you for popularity isn't that true in also a spiritual sense and a financial sense and uh, every other sense? Buddy, we just wish you the best. Thanks for pumping out such great content all the time and for sharing some of your secrets here. And, uh, you know, keep it going, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation.